Welcome back to Team Talk, ESPN Radio 101.7. The team, Sam Hauser, Scott Galetti, here till 7 o'clock, as this is basically the theme of what's going on in Jupiter, Florida this week with Major League Baseball negotiations, although that might even be giving it too much credit to this point. And we'll ask our next guest about that as he's with us on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline, Jared Diamond. You can find his work in the Wall Street Journal. Jared, of... of of everything that's happened that's led us to believe that this pretty much is a stalemate at this point, you know, I've heard the phrase game of chicken. What's been the most interesting detail to you as far as why we're not getting anywhere? Because there hasn't been a reason for them to get anywhere yet. Nothing's been lost. That's the biggest issue. No one's lost any money. Players are not paid during spring training. Owners, yeah, they make a little bit of money from spring, uh, from spring training games, but ultimately they don't make money until the season really starts as well. So because no one's lost anything, no one has felt motivated or felt pressured to move off of their position. Well, that's going to change now. Now they're staring at an actual deadline for the first time. That deadline is Monday, at least MLB says that deadline is Monday. MLB says if there is no deal by Monday, regular season games will be canceled. Well, well, that's the deadline. Now all of a sudden we're talking about not having a lockout when free agents might be signing, but that's it. We're talking about a lockout that actually takes down real, actual baseball games for the first time since the strike of 1994-95. So we're going to find out this weekend just how serious they are. Are the owners really willing to risk sort of losing fans in the long term to achieve their economic goals. Now, are the players strong enough to stick to their convictions in the face of missing paychecks? We're going to find that out between now and Monday evening. Well, so do you think that was calculated then, the way that the owners in Major League Baseball threw that out yesterday, just slapping down this Monday deadline after days and days of five hours here, a couple hours here, and and nothing is happening. Do you think that was calculated then to finally say, in a way to try to, in a way to try to get rid of the, to break the stalemate of of making that deadline? There's a reason why Major League Baseball made that public yesterday. It was supposed to put pressure on players. That was their hope that it would put pressure on the union, make them some people nervous, or something. Well, we don't really want to miss games, do we? Like we, you know, we've taken this pretty far, but we really want to miss games. Let's. let's Maybe we come off some of our positions. Well, the union came back and made sort of a threat of its own, saying, all right, fine, if you're going to cancel games, we're not going to give you expanded postseason. You really want that, right? That's worth $100 million every year. We're not going to give you that if you don't, you know, if you say you're going to cancel games. So really, they're still just making threats. But look, at the end of the day, the calendar is the calendar. It's, you know, it's kind of a dumb thing to say, but it's true. Eventually, you just, there's not enough time the start of the season on time. You need to have spring training for a month. I don't think anyone really disagrees that you want at least four weeks of spring training. Well, the season is supposed to start on March 31st. The end of February is on Monday. It's just become sort of a simple math problem at some point. What sense do you get as we're talking to Jared Diamond uh, here on ESPN Radio 1017, the team can find his work at the Wall Street Journals, we're talking about the Major League Baseball lockout. What sense do you get as far as, because you, know, you bring up a great point, that nobody felt inclined to to move forward or, or be in a rush in things you know, until this week. So what, what sense do you get from the players' side? Because we know there's, you know there's always that balance of power, and eventually players are going to have to go to work because they need the money more than the owners do. Like We see this all the time in negotiations, but in, in, in the 
in the way that the players are entrenched as they are, do you see that changing now, or, or do you think that that we really could be in that 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 they're ready to go for you know f- for missing games? They're pretty emboldened. Look, talking about the players is tricky because you're never going to really know what every single player right. thinks. All players have different interests. The people doing the negotiating are ones that are generally speaking more capable of losing paychecks, right? The Max Scherzers, the Garrett Coles of the world, it's a lot easier for them to miss paychecks than, you know, the Tyler Wades of, of the world here. But that said, players across the board are mad. And they're mad because not just the fact that this lockout happened at all, because of some of the things that sort of happened during the lockout. They're mad that the owners waited six weeks between doing the lockout and making a proposal. They're mad about some of Rob Manfred's press, uh, comments from both of the two press conferences he has done during the lockout, the one right when it started and the one a couple weeks ago in Florida. Uh, so if anything, some of the things that have happened between the start of the lockout and now, I think has only made the players more frustrated, more angry. And remember, these are professional athletes. They are extremely competitive people. And now they feel like they're being pushed, which uh, if you've ever met a professional athlete, when they feel that way, all it does is make them even more competitive. So in a way, I, part of me feels like if, if MLB thought that they were going to break the union with some of their approaches so far to this point, uh, in some ways I think the opposite has happened, for better or worse. Right, and you talk about the last six weeks. Uh, one, of the, one of the things that I've found so interesting about this is as we're sitting here now with the lockout going into the 2022 season, this was already starting to come up in 2020 when we were preparing for how and for for what the 60-game season was going to look like, and it ultimately became a 60-game season. This has been hanging around for so long, and and now that we're and and now we're finally getting to it, uh, Jared. It's really been going on longer than that. You know, for someone like me, I've been covering this really since 20. 17, 2018 is when you start, the players started making noise about their unhappiness with the current labor situation. Now, the Astros winning the World Series after tanking was a very big deal. And the number of teams that started tanking in the wake of that, that was really reached its apex when you had a major league general manager and Jerry DePoto say that he thought there were more teams angling for the first draft pick than the World Series championship. We saw some free agent market that were slow, where some veteran players were squeezed out, where even good players were having trouble finding jobs until after spring training started. This has been building for years. And the fact that players have been talking about this for years and have make, been sort of gearing up for this, for this moment, this labor dispute, it only tells me that it, they are willing to go long into this. Because remember, they've been preparing for this for years. They've been saving money for this for years. The union has an enormous war chest that they've been building up ever since 27, 2018, when it became clear that they were heading for a difficult labor negotiation. So I think the players, to an extent, feel like, look, we've gone this far. We kind of have to see this to the end after making so much noise about it, going back four years at least. What have you made of, you know, at least seemingly the players' side of things, the Players Association being pretty vehemently 
against having an independent arbiter come in and, and try to work this out. It's, you know, I think at least twice now it's come up that they've rejected it. What have you made of, of that and, and why the Players Association doesn't want an independent third party being involved? Federal mediation went really bad for the players during the strike in 94. That, that's number one. Number two, I think just more generally, they don't believe that mediation is the answer. They don't believe that a federal mediator is really the one who's capable of guiding them to the right conclusion, specifically because I think in their eyes, mediators often just sort of like to split things, right? And in the eyes of the players, sometimes that these are sort of splitting the baby in half as opposed to actually making a fair agreement. I mean, look at some of these deals and how far apart they are and some of these issues. In terms of this pre-arbitration bonus pool, for instance, the owners are proposing a $15 million bonus pool the union is looking for $115 million. This is not as simple as let's just split it. Let's just find a middle ground. And I think that's what they fear. They also think that a mediator will take too long to get up to speed. They're not going to be knowledgeable about the issues and that the league is sort of using it as cover to not actually negotiate face-to-face. Look, I am not an expert in how federal mediation works in these circumstances. I do not know, honestly if it would be a good or a bad thing, but I know the players feel strongly about it against at the moment. So, and you brought up a great point there because a lot of those big issues, not only are there a number of the big issues that haven't been, that haven't even been addressed yet, whether it's some of the bigger stuff or even on the, on the smaller end with how far apart the two sides are, you know, there have been a few cases of trying to meet each other in the middle, but with so many issues, and, and how far apart they are. I mean, that's kind of why I, I made the tongue-in-cheek comment earlier that being a, calling this a negotiation might might give them a little too much credit. And you talk about how far back this has gone, Jared. It's it's gotten ugly in in the public with, with Rob Manfred and, and Tony Clark, and you know they're talking to each other through public comments and statements and, and social media and everything. Is How much of a factor do you think that's played, uh, given how long this this has been going on. Certainly, like you said, that for the player side, it's been going on longer. But there, but both sides have been poking at each other for a couple of years now. How much of an effect do you think that's having, even as they're sitting together in Jupiter, Florida? Yeah, it's definitely a factor. I mean, here's the thing, right? They're very far apart, no question about it. But in a way, none of it matters because both sides know what the other side wants. Both sides know what they would need, what it would need to give up to make a deal. There's no secrets here. So if a deal is going to get done before Monday, it's because they decide, or one of them at least, decides they want a deal to get done before Monday and are will and becomes willing to give the other side what it wants. The league knows that if it goes in there and says, "All right, fine, let's raise the, the threshold for the luxury tax, let's you know lower the penalties or keep the penalties the way they were." They could have a deal tomorrow. There's just no indication they're willing to do that. If the union's willing to drop its demand to you know, change the luxury tax or says, all right, fine, we'll accept, you know, let's, let's accept your $15 million bonus pool. They could have a deal tomorrow. So what we're going to find out this weekend is how badly do they really believe the things they say they want? How important to them really are there? Are they important enough, important enough they're willing to miss games over it? That's what we're going to find out. Because if they want to make a deal, they will make a deal. They just have to decide that they're willing to give up the things that so far they say they're unwilling to give up. 
Jared Diamond with us on ESPN Radio 1017. The team, he's on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline. He's a sports writer for the Wall Street Journal, talking about the Major League Baseball lockout. Scott Galetti here as well on Team Talk. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, Jared, players, you were talking about them being mad. They're mad because, number one, it's a lockout. This isn't a strike. It's a lockout. 94 was a strike, and the owners are making all the rules on the lockout. How is this good for the players with the owners holding the players to the fire with pay and after waiting so long to make a proposal? Well, it's not great, but the great thing for the players in this case is they could just blame everything on the owners, right? They could say, this was their decision. We didn't choose this. We're not, we, we want to be playing. We're just not allowed to play, which is true. This was a unilateral decision by the owners. They do not have to have this lockout. They could end the lockout at any time and open spring training camps even without a new deal. So that's what the players are going to continue to harp on, that we didn't choose this. We, we're not the ones locking ourselves out. We want to play. Now, look, granted, would they go on strike if uh, given the opportunity? Yeah, probably. But so much of this is about public perception. They do feel like there's a lot of public support for what the players are going through right now. Since they're, you know, I get the no arbitration because uh, it, this particular one has been looked at for a while in terms of the negotiations being big for the players and the owners for that matter. But how hunkered down are the players now that the caveat being well if uh, this doesn't get settled by Monday and by the way the owners were the ones that made the rules in the first place uh, then all of a sudden we don't have games and you lose money how hunkered down are the players because you brought up examples of the Max Scherzers and other guys who aren't making as much but as a collective unit how far can this go? I think it, I think it could go far. I don't think there's, you there's do? no okay. indication right now that this is going to end anytime soon. There's just not. There's there's no reason to be optimistic about them, a deal, about them getting a deal by Monday. That could change. We could wake up tomorrow and MLB makes a pro- some proposal that changes everything. But I don't see that happening. I mean, is it going to end eventually? Yeah, it's going to end eventually. But. Uh, there's no, there's no real reason for optimism right now if you're a baseball fan, which is very unfortunate, but just the truth. There's nothing that's happened during this process that should make you feel like it's going to end anytime soon. The biggest thing, i got to ask you one last question, Jared. In the terms of these negotiations, and you've been a part of all of it, how different is the dynamic of these negotiations in terms of what everyone wants to the one during the COVID year? I think the COVID situation was sort of a sign of things to come, right? Remember, they didn't make a deal in 2020. Rob Manfred ended up having to just impose a season and sort of somewhat against the union's will. They didn't even make an agreement. So in some ways, the struggles they had then was, an, was evidence that this was not going to go well. It's the same people involved, and they're still having a lot of the same problems. Right now, the baseball labor the baseball labor relationship is dysfunctional. Right now, it, it just is. Doesn't mean it always will be, but it is right now. And they're going to have to find a way to get past that to make a deal because eventually, they are going to have to make a deal unless they want baseball to go away forever, which clearly benefits nobody. Jared, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for the insight. Always good to talk to you. Find his work at the Wall Street Journal. Jared Diamond, thank you so much again for being on with us. You got it. Thanks a lot. Jared Diamond on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Much more when we come back. ESPN Radio 1017 The Team's Team Talk.